0: What is going on, guys? Welcome into the Blitz Podcast. And today we're talking our number two ranked Kansas City Chiefs. Um, This is the second time that I'm recording this episode because for our very, very loyal viewers that saw the video within like the first hour of it going up, uh, me and Kane did the video Friday or no, Thursday night. Um, Put the video together, posted it, and for whatever reason, Kane decided he was going to watch a podcast that he's on last night, and he saw that there was no sound coming out of his mouth. So we are recording this video again, but we have a new guest this time and a new host because I wasn't hosting with Kane. We do have a new guest in Mitchell McDonald. We've had him on a couple times this year. You should know who he is by now. Uh, going to probably be a little biased because you know he's talking about a division rival, but this is the second best team. It's not going to be too negative. Uh, but Mitchell, how are we doing?
1: doing pretty good yeah people are going to learn the name a little more here now after i didn't have as many appearances during last season but i mean this is the super bowl winning team i can't be that negative about them even if they are a division rival and there's a lot of good groups on this team to talk about
0: yeah he uh he initially had on his bad luck shirt for the episode to try and put some uh, bad juju on kansas city but like you said you know this is the reigning super bowl champion in the nfl uh and They didn't really get a whole lot worse. They didn't lose a whole lot of pieces this offseason. And, you know, what they lost, they replaced. But we will talk about that. But we're going to talk about a piece that is not moving, is not getting replaced, and is not leaving this team for a very long time. And that is the quarterback position. And that is Patrick Mahomes. We do have as our number one quarterback in the NFL heading into this season. Uh, Kind of inarguable right now, I feel. Um, You know, especially with the way that they ended the season, uh, the way that they – won the super bowl and the really the way that they won the super bowl was you know him putting the team on his back and you know coming back against a really really good eagles team who we may or may not have at number 1 um but you know that, that was spots. one of yeah that was one of the best quarterback performances especially in the super bowl that I've seen in a little bit especially just down the stretch in that second half there uh even playing through the injury was like you know one of the main parts of that um I think this is a tough conversation to have because while I think that he is number one, you know, if Joseph Asai doesn't push him out of bounds and the Bengals end up going to the Super Bowl, and the Bengals, even if the Bengals don't win the Super Bowl, are we maybe having a different conversation about this number one spot?
1: I feel like it gets difficult just because of the record that Joe Burrow has against them. And I would mean, have had three and one been, now. It would have been four and out. Yeah. There's been a lot of tight calls and a lot of games that kind of make or break. I mean, look at Tom Brady's career. He had a lot of calls go just the right way for him to end up with the, sex, the success he had. Sometimes you kind of need that. And it the coin goes each way, and you make or break sometimes, whether or not you go down as the Super Bowl champion or you're second place, like the Bengals in this situation. But overall, I mean, Patrick Mahomes came, overcame a lot of adversity last season. There were so many questions, like Tyreek Hill leaving and then having to deal with probably the worst set of receivers in the league, probably nearby Baltimore and a few other teams last season. But he had just Travis Kelsey and then a couple of guys that are good, not great out there on the outside, and he still managed to win MVP and throw for over 5,000 yards. I think he answered all the questions he had to last year, And he was still MVP regardless of whether or not they won that game against the Bengals. He still overcame all of that and brought his team to the number one seat. There's not many questions you can have about him. He's definitely a force multiplier for this team and can carry a team on his back if needed,
0: which he did. Yeah. I mean, Patrick Mahomes is the force multiplier in the NFL. Uh, You'll see throughout the course of these rankings this isn't a team that's ranking out in the top 5 for every single position group here but they have the number 1 guy at the number 1 most important spot in the NFL and you talked about you know those calls that just happen to lean one way um uh, Patrick Mahomes may have got one of the most infamous calls in Super Bowl history with that holding call with about a minute and 30 seconds left that granted them a new set of downs and ultimately really uh, granted them the win there. Uh, But don't get us wrong here. Like this is not a, you know, we're putting Patrick Mahomes number one spot into question. 100% earned it. Um, The things that he can do as a quarterback, we may have never ever seen anybody do in the history of the game. Uh, This is a guy who's putting together a legacy to this point, you know, two MVPs, two Super Bowl rings, uh, a pair of first-team all-pro selections as well that no quarterback in the league currently has other than, I guess, Aaron Rodgers. Um, he does have that, but there's a quite a few years gap there. Um, and if Patrick Mahomes can continue putting together these accolades, you're talking about a guy that has a goat case moving forward. I mean, they're People that say he has it now, I don't know if I'm quite there yet. We're going to obviously need to see a lot more of his career play out. I mean, especially with the advancements that are happening in the medical field and stuff like that, there's a world where we could see another 15 to 20 years of Patrick Mahomes playing football in the NFL. Like, he could put together that type of career like we saw with the Tom Brady um, to play for as long as he did. And, you know, as long as he's in Kansas City, this team's going to have a shot. Um like there's not really a whole lot else to say. This isn't a big conversation point here. He's the best as of right now, but I just want to say that there were multiple points last season where we thought Josh Allen was the best quarterback in the NFL, or we thought that Joe Burrow was the best quarterback in the NFL. And I think it's these three that any given week you could walk out of the week and be like, oh yeah, that guy, he's number one. Um, But Patrick Mahomes finishes the season on a Super Bowl win and gets himself on his second one. And makes it makes the choice pretty easy for number one. Uh, But let's go over to the playmakers section where uh, we do have them coming in at twentieth, and it is kind of carried by one guy in Travis Kelsey, another guy who may or may not be putting case himself at the tight end position has been on an absolute tear these last few years. Uh, Then you go to the wide receiver room and things get a little bit more grim. You look, you see Marquez Valdes-Scantling. Uh, Kadarius Tony, Sky Moore, they've got some more options here as well. You see Rasheed Rice, Richie James, Justin Watson. They're also – Justin Ross did escape like a, a rough injury, correct? Yeah. So Yeah,
1: he had a touchdown today too I think.
0: Oh, yeah, perfect. All right. Um, but there, it's, it's going to be a lot of guys here. So that's going to be the thing, but you don't have a true one. Uh, and then at running back, you do have Isaiah Pacheco here who did go on a nice little run to end the season, uh, into the playoffs earned this starting role. Uh, you do have Jerick McKinnon as the third down, uh, receiving back, but this is a really tough group to grade because when you think about them, you probably feel like this is a top half group, but when you really look at the names, it's not really there, but that, that Mahomes aura that chiefs aura definitely lifts them up. What do you think?
1: yeah i think it's almost entirely on kelsey's back like the running backs are okay and they have clyde too who went down for most of last season with the high ankle sprain so they'll at least have three heads coming out of the backfield to kind of help there but we listed legitimately six guys that we have no idea who is going to be the top target getter from the receiver group because they're all so interchangeable now Kadarius Tony probably provides the closest thing to Tyreek Hill that this offense could ask for, but Kadarius Tony's never on the field, and that's just something you're going to have to take with a grain of salt as he tore his meniscus fielding punt returns before the first day of training camp, didn't even actually have practice in, and tore his meniscus, most Kadarius Tony thing ever, and then you have a lot of young guys like Justin Ross and Sky Moore trying to make their name on this team, and it's... Who really knows who's going to be the lead target getter? Because MBS isn't really a high-volume guy. He's more of a deep-shot guy down the field, which is probably good for Mahomes' play style, but someone has to get targets because Travis Kelsey can only do so much at age 34. He can do a lot, but he shouldn't be asked to have an absurd amount of volume at his age at this point. He can do a lot, but he's not going to be able to get the 160 targets or something ridiculous like that that he might need as a wide receiver one
0: yeah and like as far as fantasy purposes go like i know that a lot of people want to figure out who's going to be the guy here yourself included um if you're trying to draft the wide receiver one or who you think is going to be the wide receiver one for kansas city you're doing it wrong because I don't really think there's going to be a guy like there's going to be weeks where Kadarius to it's going to be like whoever scores a touchdown or whoever has a big catch that week, because there's, I just don't think there's going to be a consistent target here. I was not a big fan of Sky Moore. I'm not a huge fan of Rasheed Rice. Um, Kadarius Tony, like you said, is probably the closest thing to a wide receiver one type of player on this team. But how many games out of him are you going to get a year? Like, you know, in fantasy that obviously three. matters a good bit. Yeah, <laughs> Could be three. Um, Same thing, really, at running back. Like, I think Pacheco's got the role for now, but if Jarek McKinnon's healthy, I think he's going to get some snaps. I think Clyde's even going to get some snaps. I I do think – would you say the book is kind of written on Clyde? Like, it might – probably isn't going to happen for him.
1: Uh, On being a true running back one,
0: yeah, but
1: he can still produce for you. He was doing okay last year. I mean, he – I think I traded with Sam. Something ridiculous because for some reason he was hell-bent on getting Clyde and I robbed him in that trade after his, like, ridiculous touchdown volume in, like, the first three weeks, and then he just fell off a cliff. Yeah. But he he can provide some stills,
0: just a rotational guy. Yeah, like, I mean, again, running back to fantasy, I don't think Clyde's getting drafted and redraft anymore. Like, even your 12, 14-man leagues, he's not getting drafted. Much less, you know, being a legit part of this offense. Um, I just want to call out one of my best calls uh, was last offseason with the Tyreek Hill thing, and everybody was like comparing the loss of Tyreek Hill for Patrick Mahomes to the Devonte Adams loss for Aaron Rodgers, and I was like, look, the next best pass catcher in Green Bay at the time, like we all, you know, at the in the uh, preseason training camp time. Everybody thought it was going to be Romeo Dobbs. It ends up being Christian Watson, but the gap there is humongous. Whereas the gap in Kansas City from Tyree Kill to Travis Kelsey is minuscule. It's different positions, though. And that's what everybody was worried about was, oh, he lost his wide receiver one. But Mahomes didn't lose his number one target. And, you know, we see that in the difference uh, between the results uh, for the Chiefs and the Packers. You know, teams that, like, I know uh, for us, we had the Chiefs at sixth and the Packers at fifth. Like, you know, similar rosters uh, or similarly talented rosters, at least we thought at the time. And I think a lot of people thought at the time um, they have one team winning the Super Bowl, one team missed the playoffs. So that is I do think it was it was good that
1: they changed their strategy. They yeah. adapted to the, like the two high shelves by completely taking out the deep ball almost and just occasionally having a long throw and doing more underneath stuff it was a complete change in strategy and it was kind of cool to see Mahomes evolve his game like that and be able to utilize the short game as opposed to just make it an occasional thing. Like it had been
0: prior in his career. Yeah. And like that also attributes to him being the number one guy is we've seen that he doesn't need, you know, two of arguably the top five playmakers in the NFL, uh, in Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey to form a successful offense. He took a group of Juju, Kadarius, Tony, MVS, uh, into a super bowl and won that super bowl against a very, very, very good, uh, Philadelphia Eagles team. But overall we do have them coming out at 20th. I don't know how much higher they can get than this just because we said there's not going to be a one emerge here. The one is Travis Kelsey. If you're trying to draft the chiefs wide receiver one, just draft Travis Kelsey. It's you're, you're not going to take him it. in the first round. I'm just going to tell you back. you're going to be wrong. Uh, Let's move on to the offensive line, where we are a little bit uh, happier uh, about this Chiefs group, and they are going to come in at fifth here. And you know, with for my money the best interior offensive line in the NFL, you have arguably the best center in the NFL. I'm honestly pretty inarguably at this point, back-to-back seasons uh, to start his career, grading above a ninety as the number one center in the NFL in Creed Humphrey, and then probably the best pair of guards in the NFL in Joe Tooney and Trey Smith. The concerns are the tackle spots. Uh, they did have Orlando Brown at left tackle last year and Lucas Niang at right tackle. They overhaul that. They give Jawan Taylor a sizable contract that, um, you know, coming off of a Super Bowl, you've got some pieces to lose. You, you lose some pieces. Teams get picked apart. Um <clears throat> I understand that you've got to replace tackle, but that was like one of the bigger eye-opening moves for me this entire offseason was how much money that they allotted to Juwan Taylor, to who to this point has been a pretty average tackle in the NFL. Um, feels like a big projection contract, and they're hoping that fills in and they do get Donovan Smith to play uh, left tackle for them after he gets let go of by Tampa Bay. But what are your overall thoughts uh, on this offensive line?
1: Yeah, like you said, I love the interior. It's probably the best group in the NFL if we were just to do interior offensive line. And then both tackles, solid pass blockers, horrible run blockers. If I mean, if you look up their grades, Donovan Smith had a 41.5 run blocking grade, and Jawan Taylor was even worse at a 39.7. They are not going to be doing outside runs. They're going to have to be between tackles doing this. And <laughs> I think it has a chance to implode on them because of Donovan Smith. Donovan Smith managed to clean up his issues with penalties for the Super Bowl season with Tom Brady. But last year, he was the most penalized player on the offensive line by far. He's got to clean it up because if they are going to make another run, this will pop up in the playoffs and it's going to shoot them in the foot when they have to go back another five yards for a false start or 10 yards for a holding just because of sloppy play. They're both... Good, probably not great pass blockers, maybe more potential with Taylor. And they kind of seem like stopgaps for now, which is a little bit of a concern because we saw what stopgaps looked like for them
0: against the Bucks in the Super Bowl. Yeah. And the other thing with that is like they are stopgap players, but it, especially not really for John Donovan Smith, but for Jawan Taylor. They're not paying him stopgap money. They are paying him. You are our franchise tackle money, or at least close to that. I mean, the tackle market is moving up a little bit, but uh, I believe it was a five-year, eighty million to so sixteen million dollars a year for a guy like we said has been a pretty average level tackle throughout the course of his career to this point. Uh, not exactly what you want to see. Um, they do lose, like we said, Orlando Brown out of the spot. Um, while it is not. The greatest move in my opinion to pay Juwan taylor that much money they did have you know some extreme luck fall in their favor by having orlando brown not accept the six-year 132 million dollar <laughs> offer that they made to him i believe two off seasons ago uh he declined I it the, i think it was a little
1: weird how they wrote it like they could get out of a good well, bulk of the money
0: yeah but just the fact that orlando brown didn't immediately like sign that, just, like say, just yep. scribble sign it um, was insane. And still, you know, even if it is some like extremely backloaded money and the, you know, the money's a little weird, that's still a pretty bad contract that could have been a disaster for them. And we just saw he got half of that uh, with Cincinnati and understanding a little bit less years, but still pretty decent uh, chunk less of money for him. Yeah. I mean, the tackle spot. I mean, this is our fifth ranked group, and we do have it as the best interior. We this is our best interior in the NFL, but the tackles are concerning. And like you, like you said, with those uh, like those little breaks that the Chiefs have gotten over the last few years, you know, like that uh, the holding call and Juju that ultimately ended up winning them the Super Bowl. Those little calls mean a lot, man. And if you know Donovan Smith gets a holding call on a like even if it's midway through the third quarter, but it's a potentially scoring drive, and they have to punt because of a hold. That's the difference between wins and losses, especially when you're playing at the level that the Chiefs are going to be playing at for a very long time. So could be a concern there. Uh, Depth-wise, you're not seeing really anything that you're too excited about. Like we said, Lucas Niang did start last year. Maybe he starts this year if the Donovan Smith experiment goes really bad and they move Juwan Taylor over to left. But um, I don't know. Maybe we are being a little bit too concerned about a group that we do have at fifth.
1: I mean, they're solid pass blockers. I just don't think they're going to provide yeah. anything in the run – and the Smith thing's more like a down the road, like it could end up shooting yeah. them in the foot. Yeah. That's my only concern with them.
0: That's fair. All right. Well, let's move on to this front seven where um to so me personally, I don't know where I had them, but just like, you know, we do a little bit more research on this as the season goes or as the power rankings go on. We do have them coming in eleventh. I feel like we're a little low. I think I'd probably have them sneaking into the top ten, in my opinion. Uh I had him at eight. eight. Okay. Yeah. Look at me. Um, They do have Chris Jones, who was one of – really one of the best players in the NFL last year, Uh, was probably the best interior player in the NFL last year. I believe may have got some defensive player of the year votes. If not, he probably deserved to. Um, Easily the best season of his career to this point. Uh, then you do have a really good pair of linebackers in Nick Bolton and Willie Gay. Nick Bolton, really one of the emerging linebackers in the NFL towards the top of the ranks. You know, I would not be surprised if in a few years he is in that elite tier of linebacker. But then you look around at the rest of the group here and things get a little bit uh, less good, for lack of a better word. Uh, George Karloftis was a first-round pick in last year's draft. Had a very weird season. I pointed it out to you. I was looking through his grades. He, I'm pretty sure he played exactly 16 games. He had eight games with a tackling grade above 69, and he had the other eight games were like 30 or below, like either an abysmal tackling game or a pretty solid tackling grade. Uh, but he did put together a solid season. I believe he was uh, at least in the top 30 in the NFL for pressures, which uh, for a first-round rookie who you didn't expect a whole lot out of, who got like a really bad grade from PFF, that was a lot more than I expected. He was in the 50s uh and then you also draft felix on a dk uzama in the first round i got that really good when we recorded it the first time and i don't know why i was like questioning myself this time around i'm upset we'll cut it back in from the last episode uh they got in the first round audio of, yeah it was audio for me <laughs> damn it um with the last pick in the first round was a little bit of a surprise for me but they do need to continue to reinforce this edge room Because, like we said, there's not a whole lot to be optimistic about here. They also have Derek Naughty in here as well, who I feel like has had at least two since with the Chiefs, but has not been good very recently. But the big talk in this front seven is the contract dispute with Chris Jones. And, I mean, I'll hand it over to you, but things could get really bad if he's not here for this front seven.
1: Yeah, if he's not here where does the pass rushing production come from?
0: Because if you can double team George Karloftis,
1: which seems like unnecessary, (laughs) you're praying Felix on DK breaks out in his first ever games in the NFL because it's not very good in pass rushing or on the interior outside of Chris Jones. I mean, they probably have the top, like, group for depth on linebackers with Willie Gay, Nick Bolton, Leo Chanel, and Drew Tranquil. That's a loaded group of linebackers. But how often are you going to send them on a blitz and just leave the middle of the field open? We'll get to the secondary. The secondary can't make up for that lack of it entirely. Chris Jones is absolutely vital to this team. And I know I brought it up to Tyler, like, what's the panic meter if he does actually sit out till Week 10? I think this team still makes the playoffs, but they're not winning the one seed if they don't have Chris Jones for the first eight weeks because they are going to be hurting on the defensive line. There is not enough names here, not enough talent to suffice. He's an elite player at the interior and irreplaceable at this point.
0: Yeah. And like you, like you were asking, where does the pass rush production come from? If he's not here, quite frankly, I don't think it does. Like, I don't think there is any pass rush production here and we'll talk about the secondary in a second, but it is not good enough to make up for a lack of pressure from a guy like Chris Jones real quickly. I don't know if, I don't know if this is a hot take or what, Who's more valuable to the Chiefs, Chris Jones or Travis Kelsey?
1: I'm going to say Chris Jones, honestly, because there's no other names on that defense and you have to keep it afloat somehow. Like, Kelsey's great and all, but I think Mahomes could manage with the six names he has at okay
0: receivers. I would get you to say that in a quote. If you said, like, Chris Jones is the most valuable player on the Chiefs, then I'd definitely throw I that on the quote, um But, yeah, eh, maybe I might still. Who knows? Yeah, i feel a little quirky. Um, but, yeah, <laughs> really, really uh, worried. Like, they need to figure this out. Like, I understand that they did this thing where they had a superstar player at a really valuable position, and they let him go and said, we'll figure it out. And they did that. They let Tyreek Hill go to the Dolphins. They used those assets to add guys like Justin Reed. They added a first round pick. Uh, I can't I don't know if it was the Loftus or the McDuffie pick, but one of those two. Uh, they added an MVS with the money that they saved. But I don't know if Lightning's gonna strike twice here. And especially at a position like this where, you know, in the playmakers department, in the pass catcher's department, you lose Tyreek Hill, you still have Travis Kelsey. If you lose Chris Jones from this pass rush, that's a problem. Like we're talking about one of the worst defenses in the NFL. We're talking about that 2021 team that felt like they had to score 30 points a week to be able to compete in games and we saw that was one of Mahomes' worst seasons was that year uh and that was one of the Chiefs' worst seasons in recent memory as well. So, they need Chris Jones. Like if he wants to get paid at the top wow. of the market, you look around at this team. I know Patrick Mahomes is getting paid towards, you know, 50 million dollars a year, but what well, quarterback is it nowadays? And they don't have like a number one wide receiver that they're going to be paying a lot of money to. That is Travis Kelsey, but he's taking pay cuts to be on this team. I understand that they're going to be paying a lot to Joe Tooney, Jawan Taylor. Um, not really anybody else All on the else, offensive though. line. Yeah, like <laughs> who's who's the highest paid player on this defense right now? If it's Just not Chris Reed? Jones, yeah, and Just I think he? he got something like a ten million dollar deal, maybe not even that, or ten million per year, if that. Like, you got to allocate some resources to this defense because even if you've got some young guys that you like here, you need Chris Jones. Like, if you want to be a Super Bowl team, which with Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid, you're expected to be, Chris Jones needs to be suited up and playing because otherwise they're they're not a Super Bowl team. If Chris Jones isn't here, we would have talked about them. What? Like, let's say Chris Jones doesn't play at all this year or they trade him for picks and they don't get anything back immediately. Where do the Chiefs rank? They
1: might fall out of the top five if there's no defense on it.
0: Yeah, because, like, I mean, we can can do the Mahomes factor all day and the Andy Reid factor all day, but if their defense is ranking in, like, the bottom eight, it's going to be really hard for them to win football games, especially in an AFC now where a lot of these teams, you know, you think about the Ravens, the Jets, um, the Bills. They've got they're loaded on both sides of the ball. Like they've got really good offenses and really good defense. The Dolphins, the Browns, even the the, Chargers, the char- even <laughs> the Chargers, uh, even the Bengals to a certain extent. Like these, you got you got to have a guy like Chris Jones on this defense, uh, especially this- with the roster is around them
1: this is not the same afc that he went to the afc championship with with that god awful defense the first year he broke out with 50 touchdowns you can't get away with having no defense anymore and just throwing 50 touchdowns it'll catch up to you in the playoffs because there's going to be a team that can play on both sides like you mentioned all the teams that you brought up that can take advantage of that and can hold you in check just enough on the offensive end to beat down on a bad defense
0: yeah and you just even look back to last year Their margins were super thin. Like They beat the Jags pretty handily in the first round of the playoffs. They are one non-call away from maybe losing to Cincinnati, and they are one non-call away from probably losing to Philadelphia. That's with Chris Jones on the roster playing at the peak of his powers, like one of the best players in all of football. If he's not here, they're in big trouble, to uh, say the least, even though we've talked about this for roughly five minutes. Uh, Moving on to the secondary that we alluded to a little bit. Uh, They're at 15th here pretty average secondary uh legeria sneed continues to get better uh as a corner in the league i don't know i think i'm a little bit higher on legeria Snead than the average person because you like texted me and thought that i was a uh, maniac for having the chief secondary as high as i did maybe i just like sneed a little bit just... i
1: don't mind sneed i just don't think the group's solid in total
0: and like, okay yeah and you've got mcduffie here as well um what, what the media doesn't want you to know, and by the media, I mean Mitchell, is that both Legereus Sneed and Trent McDuffie graded in the top 20 for corners last year. Legerious Sneed graded out at 13th, McDuffie graded out at 16th. I know McDuffie missed some games to start the season, so his little bit smaller of a sample size, but they graded out pretty well. Uh, you got Justin Reed on the back end, uh, Brian Cook here as well, and then Jalen Watson. They have a Justin and a Jalen Watson on this team. Um... I think fifteenth is good. I was a little, probably a little bit too high at eleven, but I think fifteenth is probably good enough. I think Trent McDuffie could take another step. We could be talking about a guy who's one of the better slot corners in the NFL here soon.
1: Yeah, they're probably about like dead middle of the pack. There's a lot of young talent here. Like Brian Cook was okay with a lot of catastrophic moments last year. Mm-hmm. I just remember Bring a lot Forensen. of texts from Ty. Yeah, not not quite to that level. Not getting absolutely cooked. Just boneheaded play is not just lapses in coverage but i think that'll buff out as he goes into his career and becomes more aware on the field but him and mcduffie have a lot of potential for this group to grow which they're going to need to since if they're not going to pay chris jones but they definitely have an okay group around them i don't think it's anything to write home about there's some potential here but LeJarius needs definitely the leader of the group surprisingly great pass rusher for cornerback and then just solid in coverage, I think. I think a lot of his grade comes from a boost in the pass rush, and just he's above average as a
0: coverage maybe, guy. Maybe that's where the pass rush production comes from. is Lejarius Sneed
1: <laughs> from out why. From he's going to lead this
0: team in sacks if Chris Jones holding out. Calling it. That'll be. I'll put that on a quote graphic. Oh
1: <laughs> through week eight, just imagine if you could bet that through eight weeks, who's the chief's leader in it's, sacks, and you just hit on Lejarius. I got to
0: write in Lejarius Sneed. <laughs> Um, but yeah I think 15th again they're middle of the pack group I do like I like Trent McDuffie Um, I think they got some really good value on him a guy that a lot of draft analysts thought was going to go in the upper part of the first round Um, ends up falling all the way to them at 23 I think just people were scared of his size were scared of the this guy's only going to play in the slot uh, tag that was on him and honestly that's fine like a lot of good receivers are playing in the slot now and if you've got a really good slot corner, that's good. It's, it's not something that's completely invaluable. I don't know why the NFL thinks that slot corners are not worth anything when guys like Justin Jefferson, guys like Amon Rao St. Brown, guys like Cooper Cup are playing in the slot. Like, who's, who's, Is Keenan going to play in the slot this year? They're going to move him out of it a little more. Lombardi only had him in the
1: slot, and Moore wants to spread it out. But, like – when you can find guys that are undrafted, like Chris Harris Jr., that are amazing in the slot, or even like a Cater Kogu, like I mentioned on the Dolphins, there's a lot of guys you can find that are undrafted guys and can step in just fine. Like later-round guys usually fall because they're smaller and they're just deemed slot corners, and they manage to step in because they're savvy but aren't good enough to handle the jump balls on the outside, and that's the only reason why they fall.
0: You just pulled up like the best undrafted player in like the last 10 years. At least, guaranteed hey, the best undrafted corner. Dude, Chris, I, Nackler, all right, drafted. completely different positions, but I, I maybe we're not we haven't seen the end of Austin Eckler's career yet, but I think I, I think Chris Harris is going to have a better Hall of Fame case than Austin Eckler. Probably. Know that sounds, throw that on a quote graphic. All right, coaching. I know, dude. I, I love it. Uh, <laughs> on to the coaching slide where we do have them at number one again. A very, very, very big part in them ranking at second is they have the number one quarterback and the number one head coach in the NFL, arguably the two most important parts of a team uh, in Andy Reid. Real quickly before we keep moving on, do you think – so Caden brought this up in the Ravens episode, and he said that he thinks that Andy Reid is already the GOAT. I think he's building a GOAT case. My issue is I don't know if he's going to coach long enough to be able to even – you know, get the resumes arguable with Bill.
1: I mean, he has two rings. That doesn't get you to Bill. That doesn't get you I
0: too... think, Ugh, when, does, when does the conversation start? At what amount of... I think maybe four you start, like, thinking about he's it because... He's
1: probably, like, edging on top five. I don't think he's, like, with Walsh or anybody like that either. Like, all-time great coaches. Like, you look at the 49ers eras and stuff like that, or even the older Steelers eras... He's not quite to that level. Like, he's had a lot of success, went to a lot of NFC and AFC championship games, but he hadn't been the guy to finish the job. But he's definitely nearing it. If he sticks with Mahomes for another five years wins another ring or two, he's definitely moved into the top five, maybe even the top three.
0: Yeah, and my argument to to Caden was, like, Caden was saying, well, Belichick had Brady for his entire career, and you look what happened when he didn't have Brady. Well, he's had Mac Jones, Cam Newton, Bailey Zappi, and He's been above of,
1: 500 two out of yeah, three years he created, with he Cam the best, Heaton, one of them.
0: Had the best defense in the NFL last year. And Andy Reid has not been coaching chumps at quarterback. I mean, in Philly, he had Donovan McNabb. He had Alex Smith for a couple seasons. I mean, Alex Smith, nothing to be excited about. He stole Big Ben's comeback player of the year. But pretty solid quarterback in his own right. And then he gets Patrick Mahomes, who's been, you know, pretty steadily the best quarterback in the NFL since he arrived.
1: I mean, who's the top receiving weapon the Patriots have had in the past three years? Julian Edelman for one year? Juju Smith-Schuster, Jacoby Meyer? was he Schuster, really Jacoby on that team
0: with Cam Newton?
1: He was, because he went for like 180 yards against the
0: Seahawks. What the? Okay. Yeah, that I was have... last year. I wouldn't have picked that out. I mean, hey, Juju now. <laughs> Devontae Parker, Hot. maybe? Anybody? Yeah, he's paid like it. <laughs> Jesus. Um, yeah, but we obviously, I, I think, I mean, it's not inarguable. I definitely think you can make an argument for Shanahan. I definitely think you can make an argument for uh, Bill Belichick. As much as I'd like to, I don't think you can make an argument for really anybody past that as far as the uh, best coach in the NFL. But you look around at the staff, you also have Matt Nagy here who definitely has a negative connotation around him. But I think as an offensive coordinator under Andy Reid, this is where he started and he built his way up to get that Bears job. Now he's back here, built his way back up to an offensive coordinator. Who knows? Maybe somebody hires him as a head coach again. Uh, but, I think this is a fine role for him. They do lose Eric Biennemi out of this spot. Uh, the main question around that relationship is: was it more Andy Reid than it was Eric Biennemi? But you know, maybe there's a couple times this year where we look and go, well, maybe they're missing Eric Biennemi just a little bit. Uh, if they're off, like that's a 100. That That is a week two. Chiefs' offense has only scored a combined <laughs> 35 points in the first two weeks, and everybody's like, oh, well, they miss Biennemi and. You know, maybe Sam Howe has a good game or two, and that's going to be yeah. the narrative on a it's like the first Patriots
1: take. Patriots all over again. The Patriots have like a horrible first four weeks or something like that, and then out of nowhere, run the table.
0: Yeah, <sighs> yeah. it's all too familiar. Well, and that's kind of the thing with the Chiefs, but we'll talk about that in a second uh, when we get to their like over under prediction thing. Uh, but they do have Steve Spagnola here uh, in Kansas City. I think is become or establish himself as one of the best better defensive coordinators in the nfl just being able to create a above average defense out of pretty average parts we talked about that a lot uh with cincinnati and that defense with lou Anarumo and how he's been able to do that i think steve spagnolo has done very similar things here um this is our number very one rated yeah very under, i don't think people talk about it enough because the offense is so good and the defense just kind of pales he in comparison. A- He made that defense top 10 somehow. Mm -hmm. And like we just talked about it, if Chris Jones isn't there, they're fucked. So that means all around not that great of a defense, and they managed to rank in the top 10. So just overall, uh, what are your thoughts on the coaching staff?
1: I do like a lot of it. Nagy is at least a guy who's familiar with the system. He's worked with Reed before. He was there last year, so he shouldn't be too much of a fall off especially if Reed's there probably making the play calls. And then Spagnola manages to make Mountain's out of Mole's out of that defense. There's not enough there to be a top ten defense other than Chris Jones, yet he still manages to bring like exotic books packages to throw off quarterbacks looks. Him and Lou Anarumbo should be talked about probably in a little more similar of a vein name, but Lou does better against the big name quarterbacks and holds them back. And I think that's his calling card, while Spagnola does it like weekly, just like flat line and i
0: also think that lou Anarumu doesn't even have a chris jones like that's also part of it is that it like they've got a lot of solid you know trey hendrickson's chadobia woozy but they don't have a chris jones level player that you can point to and be like oh that that's a good defender on that defense or a great defender um and i think that's kind of why he gets more credit. plus he was there for the 2021 season if yeah he's been there for a little he bit
1: he wasn't there for the initial one like the initial Mahone season where they really stunk yeah but, but he that 2021
0: up year the year before last where they were like really struggling mid-season um to keep keep other offenses off the field and keep them from scoring points uh I think that kind of gives him a little bit of a negative connotation in people's mind is that season and how bad that was and he was there for that but Definitely, like you said, underrated. I'm still like, I still think that the fact that nobody other than Arizona, the fact that Romo didn't get hired as a head coach this offseason kind of baffles me. I thought 100% he would. Good coach, good team, above average defense, out of average parts. I know he got to the top three with Arizona, but I was kind of surprised with that. And I would be very surprised if he is their uh, defensive coordinator this time next year. But. Let's move on to the schedule uh, where we do have them ranking in the middle of the pack at 16th. The over under is set at 11.5 wins. Uh, we'll say very colorful schedule. Um, I think the yellow lines helps out a little bit, but you know, we're seeing lots of oranges, lots of blues, purples. Uh, very, very colorful, um, but kind of a mid ish schedule. I mean, obviously it's 16th, so yeah. Literally, <laughs> yeah. I I love. I'm such an analyst. Um, <laughs> I always like looking through the schedule and it's like, all right, after this point, things get rough. And I think that after point, their bye week, yeah. I mean, you get Vegas twice. I guess technically those are tough weeks. But well, <laughs> Chris Jones will be back after week eight,
1: which is when their schedule gets hard against yeah, Miami. I was about and to say.
0: I was about to say, I think the line would be Denver in week eight after that. It gets a little bit tougher, but it's easier to say the bye because they do get Philly. Uh, got to Go to Vegas, the, go to Green Bay. Uh, three
1: of those first four could be sneaky. Like, the Jags might be good. The Lions yeah. should be good. Jets should mm, be good. Jets. Bears is like, it doesn't matter. They could be playing against Chris Jones at that point, though.
0: Who knows? Maybe, maybe we have insider information, or maybe we saw that on Twitter.
1: Right. who knows All right. All right. but yeah it definitely heats up in the second half it's not like horrible it's just like a higher average like they play the readers twice so that's f-
0: once the thing is and i like went on a tangent about this and obviously got uh not obviously but got fact checked it jesus fat check holy fact Fat-che- checked by wikipedia um because it just every year it just feels like the chiefs don't start fast. Like the Chiefs just kind of lull through September and October. Is it, was it, what month of the year is it where like my homes is like undefeated? I know it's one month. I honestly feel Even like November, it's
1: like, December. Yeah. It's it, late. I mean,
0: that makes sense. But like every year just kind of feels like the Chiefs kind of sleepwalk through the first month or two of the season and then they always end up being pretty good. But like I'm not as scared. I'm nowhere near as scared of the Chiefs as I am. I'm nowhere scared of them in the regular season. I have been just like, fumbling through this entire last minute and a half um <laughs> nowhere near as scared of them in the regular season as i am in the postseason like the chiefs in the regular season are not a team that gets talked about i do think that that's a little bit of just like fatigue of like patrick mahomes is here andy reid's here we know this is going to be one of the two or three best teams at least in their conference if not the entire nfl every year and nobody really talks about them when you know like a team like buffalo gets hot or a cincinnati gets hot or a sleeper team uh gets hot they get talked about a lot more uh, but Chiefs are always standing there towards the end of the season. And I was like, there's no way that they've gone over 11.5 wins every year since Mahomes has been here because it just feels like they sleepwalk through the regular season. And lo and behold, they've done exactly that. They've won 12 games three times, and the other two was 14 win seasons, including last year where they won 14. So uh, I was going to take the under when I was under that impression. But the fact that they have never lost more than, or they've never won less than 12 games since Mahomes has been the full time starter, got to go over.
1: Yeah, kind of looking at this schedule, it's kind of hard to see them losing five games. Uh, I guess they could lose five games, but they'd have to suck in every one of the big name games. Yeah.
0: Like they'd have to, you got to, I mean, this is a second ranked team. You look at the top teams on this list, I see that, like, the top, top teams, Jets, Chargers twice, Dolphins, Eagles, Bills, Bengals. Those are your seven, and they'd have to fumble against somebody. Yeah, like
1: the Pats if they're they have to
0: even if they had a losing record, even if they went three and four in those seven games, and I don't know if they do that. They'd have to lose another game to a team you know maybe like a Lions or a Jags, um, or a Minnesota teams that we have kind of like in the teens somewhere. I just don't know if I see that happening. I do think maybe like New England on the road in Week 15, maybe that's a like a stumble point for them. Um, but yeah, I I have them going over. I'd imagine you do too.
1: Uh, I'm gonna get the bad luck shirt. Yeah, oh, okay. they're gonna go
0: over. Yeah, there you go.
1: They're gonna go, go over 11 and a half. Rub that do off you on a mid sentence.
0: Hey, whoa. <laughs> um, all right, let's move awesome. on. <laughs> let's move on to the rankings recap here. <laughs> We do have the Chiefs coming in at second, obviously, uh, like you saw in the thumbnail, like you saw in the title. I don't know why I say that every time. Uh, But the offense is second as well. Uh, I could definitely hear an argument for having them higher. I could almost also hear an argument for having them lower. You know, We had Cincinnati at number one with the number two quarterback, number two playmakers, uh, but a middling offensive line. And then we have the Chiefs, number one quarterback, number five offensive line with middling weapons. Uh, So we have them coming just behind them. Uh, And then the defense at 15th, I think, you know, you look at this group, even with Chris Jones here, I think this is a middle of the pack group in the NFL. And then the championship window, this was kind of weird. I wanted to find a clever way to write this and I didn't. So I just put open with Mahomes because as long as 15 has got a helmet and shoulder pads on that are red and yellow, uh, they're going to be competing for a title every single season, no matter what. I mean,
1: that's about as fair as it gets Uh He's a game-changer no matter what, and he can drag a franchise if he needs to, like he did last year almost. And like with the offense thing, them ranking it to, it depends on how much you want to weight quarterback. Because the quarterback pretty much is the offense. Uh, This offense is not that talented, but they were still one of the best offenses in the league last year. Even without the playmakers necessary, they had Kelsey, and that was all he needed. And then defense, I think, is just about where most people would have them right in the middle of the league with a good coordinator who could probably boost them past that like he did last year.
0: Yeah. And the thing like, just like, if you're looking for, you know, things to stick out about the chiefs is that 15th ranked defense, you know, it's never going to win you any games, but there are times, especially if Chris Jones is still having a contract dispute, there's times where that defense could lose you games. Like there's, we've seen this defense put together some really bad stretches of games uh, throughout the Mahomes tenure and sometimes your offense can't bring you back from that and those might be those games especially early on where the schedule a little bit weaker but if Chris Jones isn't there with the contract holdout they could stumble they could like a Lions in week one if Chris Jones isn't there if the Lions offense gets hot like it was for so much of last year and the Chiefs just for whatever reason Patrick Mahomes can't keep up with Jared Goff um that could be a game where they stumble and um I don't know. Again, if you're like – if you already bet the under and you're trying to find – you're trying to get reassured here, I'm trying, okay? Um, but yeah, with the – I already wrote the bad luck shirt. That's all I yeah, need. Yeah, so yeah. Well, I'm, I, they probably just clicked off and like, okay, well, then we're good. Um, <laughs> but the open with my homes thing, like it's not like with uh, like a guy like Joe Burrow or something like that where you can look at and be like, okay, well, there's a contract coming up or the contract – Magic Mahomes is under contract here for like the next seven or eight years, <laughs> like, and well, it sounds like they're going to restructure it. So oh it yeah, they more. definitely are. And but I don't. It's not going to get shorter. There's no way mm-hmm. that he is not on this team for at least eight more years, or seven more years, whatever the year left is. Um, which means you know he's going to be here. They're not really going to have a whole lot of problems. But the the thing that I would point to is the main thing that's keeping this thing going other than Chris Jones is Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey getting a little bit up there in age and they've had a couple swings and misses at the wide receiver position uh in recent years. Um outside of Tyreek Hill, you know, they got Miko Hartman to try and be the Tyreek replacement when he was suspended. That didn't work out. Uh Juju was a one-year Byron deal. Pringle. He's gone. Byron Pringle uh, I'm not gonna say Sky Moore didn't work out, but hasn't worked to this point. Rasheed Rice, I don't see that from him either. MVS is what he is. I don't know if you're gonna ever get more than what he is now in Kadarius Tony. I just, I don't know. So you're worried about that. Like it's not like with the Bengals where you can point and say, all right, Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase are gonna be here for a very long time, and as long as they're both here, they should be in for X amount of years. Travis Kelsey, that you know, his career's, you know, he's getting up there. Also, before we go, so I didn't realize how far behind he was behind Tony Gonzalez as far as statistics go. Travis Kelsey is entering his age 34 season. Tony Gonzalez retired at 37. So let's say he retires at 37 like Tony Gonzalez did. He's got three more years. He is about 500 catches short of Tony Gonzalez and 5,000 yards short of Tony Gonzalez in all-time receiving. I didn't realize the gap was that big. But I don't he, think he's
1: even that close to gates and touchdowns either, so he might not walk out with uh, any of I'm the right. records. almost
0: certain he's behind gates in both of those because he was I think he was fourth in catches and fourth in yards. Um, do you think he gets there? He's going to be tied to Mahomes. There is a world where he plays a little bit longer. You know, we've had 10 years worth of medical advancements since Tony Gonzalez's career was ending. Maybe. I think –
1: his early attachment with Smith kind of hurt him because he wasn't in that high-volume oh, yeah. offense, and now he's the perennial 1,000-yard receiver. I don't know if he won't catch him in total receptions, I don't think, if he retires at 37, but I didn't get near him in yards just enough, and I think his peaks are higher. Like, well, he's definitively number one. Tony was probably pretty clearly number one with some competition. Well, years Gronk, on and Gronk years Gronk off was
0: the thing. Was like Gronk's the peak guy. Like if you're looking for best player at his peak, if he was healthy. <laughs> it's Gronk. He's never healthy, and he retires at like thirty, and we never really get to see that play out. I mean, and he, he ret- still had Wait, like retired ninety 30? touchdowns. What? Hold yeah, on. I'm pretty sure. And he, he had he almost at? ninety he touchdowns two years ago. He's thirty four, so he retired at thirty two. He retired
1: the Tampa Super Bowl year. So, 2019.
0: Yeah. No, 2021. Or 2020. 2020. In the middle. COVID year. COVID year. It was right before COVID happened. So, yeah. dang, it really felt like he got ninety
1: He still had 92 career touchdowns in, like, a 10-year career I mean, with yeah, a ton like, of
0: injuries. That's what, ha- And that's why I think Kelsey could maybe get there is because especially – you know, if he takes care of his body, you know, we have the medical advancements. He has not been a injury prone guy whatsoever throughout the course of his career. And it's going to be a pretty nice incentive to be like, okay, well, I've got Andy Reid. I've got Patrick Mahomes. I'm in the perfect situation here. I can play for as long as I want. He's not a guy that cares about money. I don't think that's ever going to be a problem. I think he'll retire as a chief. I think he's got a goat case at tight end by the time it's all said and done. So that's Three guys that we've talked mm-hmm. about with the Chiefs that we can point to and be like, you know, maybe when it's all said and done, this guy might be the greatest to ever do it at his given position. And, you know, number 15 might be the greatest to ever do it, period, when he's all done. Um, yeah. Number two, Kansas City Chiefs. We got one team left. If you are um, a intelligent person or even a semi intelligent person, you figured out who that Put it together. team is. Uh, if you're not, if you haven't figured it out, that's okay. We're going to upload it very quickly after this because I've already recorded it because I had to re-record this one. Um, but that's going to do it for us. I know that'll do it for Mitchell, at least in the Power Ranking segment, but we'll obviously have him on throughout the course of the season. Um, you have any final remarks? Any, like, you want to rub the shirt again? or?
1: Uh, no, I can't. I mean, I can talk about the shirt, but I don't think the fans want to hear that on a Chiefs episode. They've already left. Thing. <laughs> They've, they're long gone. Nobody will hear it at this point, but it's kind of a – this will be a fun season, I think, with me on my closing remarks for it. I definitely feel like there's going to be some random teams like last season with the Seahawks randomly jumping up. I feel like a team like the Panthers could shock us and somehow climb the rankings. There's a lot of teams. It'll be fun to look back and just like halfway through the season and be like, man,
0: we were idiots. Oh, yeah, you want to you talk about being idiots. So last year, our two through five – Was Chargers at two? We now have it seven. We finished top ten. Yep, we finished top ten. The Bucks were three. They snuck into the playoffs. We now have them at twenty-seven. The Rams were four. They were one of the six or seven worst teams in the NFL. We now have them at thirty-first, and the Packers were fifth, who missed the playoffs, coming in at twentieth. And sixth was your very own Kansas City Chiefs, that uh won the super bowl are now second
1: you know where philly was
0: F- 15 yep bang they're um, number one for us yeah and we had seattle at 29 or 30 so that was a they, miss.
1: they were tied for 29th with atlanta and atlanta moved up too. that that one's fine the Bears one got a lot of criticism, but that one was almost nailed I was on so it.
0: confident about that one. I was so confident about that one. Everybody thought that we were nuts for that. I was so – oh, God, I was so confident about that one. I was so glad I'm right. I love being right. And
1: obviously Denver sucked. I was about to say Denver. It was like yeah. Russell Wilson. If,
0: no way he can suck. Yeah. Uh, we had like the Bengals at ninth was another one. Um, Seven. Yeah. Or something like that.
1: That's not horrible as long as they're close to
0: top five. I feel like that was manageable. But yeah, I mean a lot of those though, I think we're pretty spot on I'm pretty sure we've had the Saints. I think we had the Saints at sixteen last year. They came out at eight. people have are definitely gone. The Saints are
1: just so middle of the pack. Yeah. But
0: yeah. For those of you that have stayed around, I love you personally. Um And uh, thank you for watching. Please like, uh, comment, subscribe. Go check us out on Instagram. We're going to be having some exciting stuff happen on the Instagram over the course of the next week or so. So be on the lookout for that. Things are going to look a little different. I hope everybody likes it. Please support that so um, I can justify spending working eight-hour days for no money. Um, Thank you guys for watching. We are out of here.